0: Joey
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Business Growth Advantage. And this week, I am really excited to be bringing on a guest who has an expertise in a topic that we haven't explored directly yet. Danny Osmond is a pro when it comes to podcasting. If you are a friend of mine in the legal community and you know Ernie Svensson, then the fact that Danny works with Ernie is pretty much all I have to say at this point. But Danny, can you talk more about your podcasting service and how you're helping businesses and why podcasts?
0: Sure. Yeah, definitely, Joey. Thank you for having me. Why podcasts is basically because I was listening to podcasts. Mm. Those of you that listen to podcasts, if you're like the average podcast listener, you're probably listening to six shows, probably subscribing to that many. You're listening Mm. to an hour of audio content a day, you know, while you're commuting or whatever. And I noticed that I was building these really strong relationships with these hosts. I was thinking of them as friends, as trusted advisors. They were helping me. They were helping me as I was growing my business. And I realized this podcast thing is really powerful. And it's this format type of content where it really is changing the world. It's like the only place we have now in media where actual nuanced conversations are happening. It gives Ooh. people the chance to walk a mile in someone else's shoes. And for me, that's why I was like, yeah, this is a great thing. And I really, I feel like I can give back to the world. I can give back to society by helping podcasters have better content. And that's kind of how I got into it. I was a a music producer, recording engineer, and helping musicians was wonderful. And it was fulfilling. But I realized that podcasts would be more powerful and, Mm -hmm. and we're doing more for the world. So I created I'd already created Emerald City Productions at that point, which is my agency, and really quickly transitioned it to a podcasting agency where We work with businesses, we work with busy professionals, we work with huge corporations like Salesforce, and then the small law firm that has uh, one lawyer and a, a paralegal in it, and helping them either get their podcast started from the ground up, soup to nuts, done for you, whatever you wanna call it, where we're helping them do some research on what should the podcast actually be about, what should you call it, how do we brand the podcast? How do we create the content? What should you talk about for the first few episodes? What equipment do you need to record? And then we handle all of the back end of editing the podcast and making it sound great, mixing it, putting it together, producing it, whatever you want to call that publishing it, getting it out into the world so that people can listen to it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts and Stitcher. And ghana in india and Geo mm. like all these places where all these apps and aggregators that people listen to podcasts on and then also helping them launch their shows and then mm. we currently are working with 32 clients every week where they record their show they send it to us and they're pretty much done and then we handle all of that back end of pro- mm. producing it writing all the the copy and creating all the graphics that need to be created and scheduling everything out, sending out an email to their people, uh, writing a blog post that their blog readers can read and then their podcast listeners can listen to something else. So we're helping businesses connect, build trust, build relationships with their stakeholders through podcasting.
1: I love it. And I think most people who are interested in a podcast, they hear what you just said, And it sounds really heavy. How exactly does this turn into an ROI here? Assuming that someone can just work with a great service like yours and have a lot of the the weight and work taken off of their plate, can you speak to ROI of a podcast? Because I know it can be a long game. And long game growth strategies tend to scare business owners away sometimes. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I tell people right away, podcasting in terms of marketing is a long term investment. Mm. It is just like a blog. It is content marketing that you are going to work on for a long time. That leads to building up a body of work that if anyone you know, when people find you, and whether they're looking at your law firm, or they're looking for other ways that you can help them, they see Oh, wow, there's 80 some podcast episodes, this is someone who's serious. That's yeah. a lot of work. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of content. So I tell most people interested in podcasting, if you're not willing to do this for, it's and it's not just because I want the money, It's if you're not willing to do it for six months, a year and a half, two years, uh, our friend Ernie has been doing this now for three years, don't get into it. Don't even mm-hmm. start. It's rewarding work because you build this audience that really trusts you. We were talking before the call about we have hard statistics that show 93% of podcast listeners listen to more than half or all of every single episode that you produce. Once they follow you, they listen, they should they expect you to show up every week or every two weeks or whatever you do. You're like their friend and can't ghost them. And then when you show up, they listen. And I tell people having a podcast and sticking with it and being consistent is like referral marketing on a grand scale. Referral marketing is what grows most businesses. I can tell you right now that every single one of our 32 clients came through a referral. Mm -hmm. And like we are just now investing money in SEO. And I've built this into a, a multi six figure business just through referrals. Yeah, if you have a podcast, you then have hundreds of friends, thousands of friends, potentially, tens of thousands, if you're really lucky, friends each week that think of you as a friend that when you say to them, hey, check this out, or go do this, or please share this, or go buy this thing that I'm recommending. They're like, oh, I should check that out. My friend Joey told me to check that out. Mm. I should do that.
1: That's so that's why
0: that's why it's really that's the ROI for most. I love
1: it. You're right. It is there is an intimacy to it that you can't Get anywhere else. And by the way, I'll say for, we're getting more live viewers. If you're watching this live or on the replay and you have a podcast, feel free to drop the link to it in the chat and the comments. We'd love to, to follow each other and support each other. You said something before we went live about how, and you said this when the show started too, that you've got this pretty big range of businesses that you work with for, mm-hmm. from really big businesses and big brands to, you know, that solo attorney, maybe with one paralegal. But you told me before we went live that the lawyers that you work with are some of your favorites. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that for a second? And what is it about the law firm branded podcasts or the uh, attorneys who are working with you that make that really fulfilling work for you?
0: Well, in terms of fulfilling, first off, most lawyers at this point realize that they won't continue to exist if they don't market themselves in Mm. some way. It's harder for lawyers, I think to get all the referrals because when you need an attorney for most people, something big has happened. Something big is going to happen. Something scary has happened or something bad has happened. So a lot of people aren't using attorneys really regularly, depending upon what field or what area the attorney's in. Yeah. And so they know they have to put their name out there. They have to get the word out, but what they also need to do, and and some attorneys know this a lot are missing it is that trust is a big factor. Yeah. And generally, if someone needs an attorney, they're going to, again, we get into those referrals, they're going to ask a friend, they're going to ask someone they trust, someone they know may have already done something that needed a lawyer or an attorney to, to work on. So they go there. If you're an attorney, you can amplify that by having something like a podcast, by talking to people, whether it's talking to people about what you do, talking to people um, about who you help giving people ideas for how they can improve something that they're doing by knowing this legal thing or this trick or this idea, or like we have an attorney who's an immigration lawyer and they talk about, Hey, did you know this visa exists? Did you know this exists? Did you know this program exists to help get people from this specific country to come over, especially right now, while people are looking to hire more, they can't find anybody to, to work certain jobs. She's doing really well. Her firm is doing really well because she helps specifically tech startups, for instance. And they are looking very specifically for certain skills and certain countries are really working on those skills and she can teach people. So there's that. There's the attorney that then becomes the tourism board or the digital mayor of their region and talks about what people can do and new restaurants and services that they use and recommend and interviews people from the community and just talks about the community. And then all of a sudden that lawyer is the only lawyer that people know in that area because they listen to the show and they want to learn more about the show. Yeah. But, you know, there's no local papers anymore. There's no, there's nothing that really lets people know what's going on in their city, in their town mm. as much these days. And so that person becomes their trusted source. It all gets back to lawyers have to build trust yeah to get those clients that. those random clients it's the same thing as google my business being so important now with reviews that's all about trust it's about social proof and if the lawyer can use a podcast to generate trust by building a relationship directly with people that might potentially use them that's way more powerful than a google review um, mm. or a yelp or whatever people are it's way more powerful than a billboard yeah. or a bench or a, a ad that's going to show up on some random food blog that people check out in that area and some pixel has put them there. Yeah. People it, are it, going to trust the person they actually listen to.
1: And if you're a business owner, and particularly in this context, like an attorney who tends to get turned off by the typical lawyer marketing that you see and maybe you wouldn't feel comfortable doing. There just seems like there's so many different ways to do a podcast that can be on brand and and to your personality. But that was a question that I wanted to ask you. Do you think there are some people who depending on their mannerisms and personality and characteristics that like podcast might not be the best way for them to move forward or do you think everybody can use the tool of podcast to fit yeah like their brand?
0: I think everybody can. Mm
1: especially for lawyers.
0: Because most lawyers have to talk, whether they're a trial lawyer or not, they yeah. have to communicate. And it's a natural for a lot of lawyers. But most people, they think, Oh, I have a music background. And I have a degree in singing partly. And mm-hmm. so I've worked on my voice. And Oh, your voice sounds so wonderful. And I'm like, Yeah, but listen to all the podcasts out there. There, everybody is out there talking. Yeah. and talking about something, and they have a passion, they have something that they want to share with the world, it doesn't matter if you sound great or not. Podcasts can be edited. It doesn't matter if you say, um, like a million times. Sure. Podcasts can be cleaned up. But if you have something important to say, if you have something to share with the world, if you need to connect with people and build an authentic relationship with anyone to if you need to become an expert in something or be seen as an authority in something a podcast is a great way to do that yeah. again because it's it's very similar to like it used to be that everybody needed to write a book to be seen as an authority but you come back to that body of work if you've done 40 episodes of a podcast you've spoken a book easy you've so done true 50, 50 100 words there are ghost writers that specialize in taking podcast episodes with an outline from you and turning it into a book for you. So once you do that, you are an expert. Yeah,
1: that's a great point. And speaking of repurposing the podcast in some way, I know that your service can also help people with that as well. And can you speak to the value of even if someone never listens to or downloads your podcast, Mm -hmm. being able to have those highlights or, whatever other types of posts that you now just are able to use and repurpose from those podcast episodes.
0: Oh, yeah, I basically I don't I want to see business owners, or anyone that wants to start a podcast or anyone that wants to become, you know, we use we throw the terms around thought leader, influencer, or if you just want to talk about something, I see hurdles all the time for people that want to get into this world. And for a lot of people, it's the tech maybe, or uh, maybe they have too many ideas, but time is also the one that hits most first is that they realize, oh, wow, this is not five minutes a week. This is three hours of recording it and then figuring it out. And then I've got to write the show notes and then, oh, I've got to post on social media about it. And I've got to Um, maybe send an email out to my email list to let them know that the podcast is out there. Yeah. What we try to do is impress upon people that if you create a podcast, which for most people, if you're doing it weekly is probably 15 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe even 45 minutes long. If you're very verbose, you might go an hour every week. If you are interviewing people, you'll definitely go over 30 minutes. If you're going twice a month, you might do an hour and a half. If you're going once a month, it might be two hours of content when you've created that long form content that is thousands of words that can then be taken by a content writer someone who specializes in looking at a transcript and saying okay let's craft this into show notes that it says here's two paragraph synopsis and the bullet points of what you talked about and here are the resources that you listed it with their links and then oh and now i can take this transcript and clean it up and and rephrase things, maybe not all first person, maybe it is all first person, but I've now got 700 to 1000 words, and this is a blog post. And oh, that's ooh. a good quote. And that's I can take that and that minute was really good. And now there's three social media posts to promote the episode. And then oh, I can put that on a quote card. And I Oh, we recorded video with Joey and Danny. So I can find this minute and I can clip this minute. And insert it in this canva template and that's our reel or our TikTok video and then and this is stuff that uh, we do all the time for clients but a virtual assistant could be trained to do um to use these certain tools or uh, a copywriter or anything could be trained to do to take that one bit of time that 45 minutes that you spent creating the content and then generate everything else you do that promotes your business or your personal brand or whatever you're whatever you're doing
1: it really does seem like ninja strategy Mm -hmm. even if the like the actual numbers from the podcast metrics you know aren't where you'd want them to be are there any mistakes that you we haven't talked about yet, but you tend to see people make who either aren't working with your agency or when you do start working with them, you see them and you have to resolve.
0: The biggest mistake that most people make when thinking about a podcast is that they spend too much time thinking about it. Um, yes. I urge people to start ugly. You hear in in business, minimum viable product. yeah, um, And that's the idea is you just have to get it out there because with a podcast, you may do all this planning you may think you've got the perfect idea you've sketched out 20 episodes and you're in a content calendar and you've written down notes and then five episodes in you're getting all these questions because you've encouraged your audience to ask questions. Are you getting this feedback that, Oh, could you talk more about this? This is really, would be really interesting. And If one person reaches out about it, I guarantee you there's three other people that want to know. Sure. Or like the same question gets asked three times. And I think it's, um, Dan Miller is a a big marketing person. He basically says when he gets the same question three times, he creates a course about it. Or (laughs) he writes a book about it. Like something like that. That if three people ask the question, there's hundreds of other people out there that would want to know the answer. So create the content. And then you grow and you figure out who's this audience that I'm talking to through listening and but just getting started. And then the other mistake that I see people making all the time, because there's plenty of little mistakes, there's plenty of, oh, I forgot to do this, like, I have resources where I'm like, just download this checklist that I have, because do this in this order, and you won't miss anything, you won't get to your launch and, and be like, why is my podcast not on Apple Podcast? I published it, well, I missed that step where I needed to tell Apple Podcast that I have a podcast, the biggest mistake, other than not getting started is, not outsourcing soon enough, Mm. Um, not getting people to do the things that you are not an expert at. If you're a lawyer, if you were not trained to be a copywriter, it's definitely not a content copywriter and certainly not a sales copywriter. Sure. Uh, If you were trained to be an accountant, you're not a graphic designer, unless you happen to be a graphic designer until your parents told you you needed to get a job that paid more or whatever. You're not a podcast editor i battle all the time because as i've grown my team of four we have five six editors at this point if you include me these are people that were our recording engineers they've been trained they're Mm. musicians they know what sound is supposed to sound like and how to treat it and how to deal with certain problems and how to keep a conversation natural while also cleaning it up how to listen to Joey ask a question where he rephrases it three times and clean that up so that it's the pace of the interview goes along. There are plenty of people that took a course because they got out of college and still didn't know what to do. And so they took a course on how to edit podcasts using audacity or GarageBand, and then hang up their shingle and say, Hey, I'm a podcast editor, but they have no clue about signal flow and Issues with EQ and mm. how to deal with someone who has a really powerful S that is like annoying the crap out of everybody that's <laughs> listening to podcasts. And they call themselves podcast editors. So, you know, there are certain things where it's just saves a lot of time and in, in the long run, saves a lot of money to outsource something. And it allows totally. you, um, if you've ever heard the phrase, and I'm sure you've talked about it on this show before, like, Most people spend too much time working in their business and not working on their Mm -hmm. business. If you can get yourself working on your business as much as possible, that's when the business grows. As long as you're working in the business, you have a job. It's, you're not a business owner. You're not an entrepreneur. You're just an employee basically. And I thankfully, it only took me about seven or eight years to learn that uh, (laughs) lesson. And at that seven or eight year point, that was when my business really started to grow was I was just like, I got to let go of some of this stuff. I've got to like control. I've got to realize that other people can do this stuff. They can do it better than me. I can train editors to do it exactly the way I would want it or the, the standard that we have for our clients, that type of thing. And that was the point where things started. Moving. Mm, good
1: point. I want to transition that point into an area that we haven't talked about yet, but you mentioned briefly, when it comes to podcasting and speaking of things that you can probably help us with that we would rack our brains trying to do ourselves, Sure. naming the podcast itself. A, a lot of business owners either admit that we are awful when it comes to naming things, Mm-hmm. or we move forward very quickly with things that we love but yeah. aren't really in the best interests yeah, yeah, yeah. of the podcast. Any w- wisdom you can share around naming?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. It's one of those things that everyone struggles with, even marketing people. And yeah. I like I don't consider myself like a marketing whiz where I'm like, "Oh, this is the perfect name." When creating content marketing and if we specifically talk about podcasting, I believe like with any marketing, you have to go through this process of you have to collect data. You have to research who, who is it that I'm talking to? Who are my best clients? Where are they showing up? What are they searching for? Reverse engineer, whatever you can to figure out like, and some people like to call this SEO, but it's also in general, just getting some data to know what is going on. And then that's when you create a strategy for okay, I think this is what we should call it. Let's now test some of these things. And before we ever create any branding before we ever this is what a lot of people make mistakes, they jump in and I'm like, I want these colors and this look and this logo, and this is my name of my business. And they get this brand created that no one can find or no one is searching for, especially if they're in the online space. So before you ever get to that point, you're collecting the data, you're testing it you're getting opinions of things. Because in the podcasting space, search engine optimization, keywords that people are searching for, key phrases that people are searching for, is by far the way that most of your audience is gonna find your podcast, okay? I tend to have this simple test of, if you say your name of your podcast to someone, and the first response is, oh, what's that about? You failed in naming your podcast keywords key phrases that really describe what the podcast is going to be about because yes if you're oprah if you're dax shepard if you're mark Maron's somebody like that has a huge audience already it doesn't matter what you call your podcast because people are searching for you yeah. if you're president obama if you're henry and megan whatever they're going to find your podcast no matter what if you're not them don't have your name in the show don't call it the joey vitale show it needs to be something along the lines of what you talk about. Like my podcast is called Podcast Strategies for Growing Your Business Community and Influence. Yeah. When you figure out what those keywords are, that's how people will find you because number one way people find a podcast is a web search. They Google something and they find a podcast. And Google prioritizes images, video, and audio content now. Before, well, after ads before you ever see a blog article before you ever see a, a sales page or something like that on your site or a homepage, you're going to see videos and podcasts about that topic. So that's the big one. Number two is a family friend or colleague told them about the podcast. Someone else had to find it first and listen to it before they ever tell anyone else. So if yeah. they can't find it, it, it's a problem.
1: So uh, I as actually, a go ahead As a trademark lawyer, I just I have to take this in a direction that I find interesting and ho- I hope that the rest of the people do too is that the title of your podcast is 100% trademarkable mm-hmm. and more businesses are taking those steps to secure their podcast names as trademarks, yeah. which I'm a huge proponent of. But what's interesting here is that the more descriptive your podcast is, the harder it is to enforce that as a trademark and the weaker your rights are. And so what you're saying and what I just want to go on the record and agree with Mm -hmm. is that this is like a messy middle area where ideally you can find something that is descriptive and probably technically a weaker trademark, but also doing your due diligence to make sure that the name that you come up with is different enough from the other descriptive names that are out there. Yeah so that you don't get hit with an infringement report or a cease and desist letter.
0: Yeah, you know, after a family friend or colleague tells someone about the podcast, then we get into that area of someone finds it through social media or someone finds it in the podcast apps themselves. Mm. And the podcast apps, their search engines are even weaker than Google's, um, where literally people will only find your podcast if they hit on something that's in the title of the podcast, your name, or a title of an episode. And it's in that order, like the title is weighted 75%. And wow. then it's 10% for the name of the host. And then it's even less for the episodes. Okay. Mm. With most people, unless the podcast is going to be your business, don't worry so much about and I'm not telling people don't go trademark it, but Don't worry so much about what you call it. I've changed the sure. title of my podcast three times. to suit the audience that I was looking for. It becomes an issue too with trademarking these things because for instance, right now, Apple will tell you that they have 2.5 million podcasts in their directory. Only about 400,000 of those podcasts are active. And partly or, or mostly at this point because of Anchor, if you've ever heard of Anchor, that is now owned by Spotify, Anchor is an app that you can download to your iPhone or your Android device and record a podcast and publish it right there for free. Mm-hmm. And what that led to was close to 2 million podcasts being created that have not released an episode in the last 90 days. Some of them never even released an episode, but they still show up in search results. And that seems at this point, Apple, Spotify, Google are trying to do some things to, to fix those search results. Mm, but at okay. the moment, it's very hard. I have a new client. It's a therapist that talks about relationships. So we're coming up with a title for their podcast. And we use the name of their business in the title. It's it's transforming relationships by the name of the business. But if you search transforming relationships or couples in the podcast apps or something like that, 20 some podcasts show up with that word or that phrase in their title. Um, yeah. They're trying to trademark something then that someone else has created hundreds of episodes with the same names yes. or similar names it can get really messy. And like you said, the messy middle. So I tell people just just get it out there. Get something that if you have to tweak the name, fine. But you're 100,
1: 100 percent. Getting- and I just want to, again, support what you're saying. And correct me if I'm wrong here. But my understanding as someone who now has a podcast and someone who's helped clients with rebranding their podcast is that renaming your podcast isn't as heavy of a project as it might sound. So if you ever, if you are in, and I tell this all the time to clients who are just starting a podcast and they're like, Mm -hmm. what if I get a cease and desist? I'm like, if you do changing the, your name of your podcast within 30 or 60 or 90 days, isn't gonna be as painful as it sounds. And most of the time, when you do receive a cease and desist letter like that, and they mm-hmm. say you have to change everything in 90 days, usually they're happy if you respond by saying, I'm not gonna remove all of my past episodes, but I'll right. make a huge announcement that I'm changing and moving forward, I won't use it anymore.
0: Yeah. yeah That's yeah,
1: all they're yeah. really wanting.
0: And that, that can be a really frustrating situation. I've only heard of that occurring a few times with people I'm I'm connected to. And generally, it's a troll. It's a it's someone who has secured trademarks, but never released content like that. That's the frustrating thing for a lot of people. I had a very big client who has had a podcast for four or six years at this point, rebranded the podcast because they were releasing a book Mm -hmm. that was being published by a major publisher. So everything was handled there with the trademarks and all that sort of stuff. And they got a cease and desist order from some lady who had trademarked that phrase and never created anything around it. So they had to go through all this stress, had to hire lawyers to find out that, oh, you don't have to do anything. Go tell them to jump in a lake. Yes. Because it was a trademark that couldn't be enforced because nothing had ever been done with it um
1: such a good such a good example you
0: get into that situation where you're actually creating something and i always tell people if you find a podcast that has the same exact name that you would love to use and they haven't released an episode in three years you go to their website and the website isn't even a website anymore try to find a way to contact that person and do your due diligence and say hey i'm starting a podcast with this name make them aware and most of the time it's someone that pod faded. We actually have that term where they're like, "Oh, this isn't worth it anymore." And they're not going to care
1: yeah. because
0: they've moved on to something. But it it always pays to to check that stuff out and, and research yeah. and that's you a... know, I tell people like, "Wait, you chose a title and you didn't even Google search or <laughs> right. go to a podcast directory and see if there was another podcast? That's on you." Okay, that's the first step is we look, how does this term perform? Is there something yes. else that's exactly the same? Could yeah. we create something complimentary to maybe an audience that's already out there. So that just like I'm doing here, I'm coming on your show, so that people can learn about me, I can help you and help your audience. But then more audience that trusts you sees me as someone who knows about podcasting. Can you find a podcast out there that is similar to the name you want? Do something complimentary and then go to them and say, Hey, you podcaster that has this great big audience because you've got hundreds of episodes could I come on your show and talk about this topic that supports what you're doing it's such a good example and, I, and I, I think our that way.
1: I think I'm really glad you you put it that way because I think sometimes we just assume that everyone will hate the fact that we've got a similar name as someone else yeah. when most businesses and most like more established business owners yeah. like they're not clocking that as an objective risk and they have bigger things to worry about.
0: Yeah, the insecure ones care yeah. the ones that are like, Oh, wow, someone could get, come on and help me create content. And I don't have to figure out what I'm going to do next week. Yes, let's do this. Yeah, <laughs> they they realize that you sharing your interview on their show with your audience is going to help them too. like, right. it's one of those things where that the sort of that blue ocean philosophy yeah. is that it's a big ocean, and it we can find more of the fish that are out there together than we can by competing yeah. with each other.
1: Speaking of, of Bligotion, I'm curious with your agency, especially since you're at a point now where you're working with several lawyers, is your agency totally okay with working with firms that might be overlapping or doing the same thing, or, or do oh, you yeah. try and you are okay with that?
0: I'm, I have multiple therapists. I have not even like with firms that do similar things. I have two law firm marketing um, systems and marketing podcasts that are people Ooh. that know each other. Uh, and, and, they're like, yeah, we're doing podcasts. Cause it's more about find your audience, the people that want to work with you that like you, because people here, Ernie's amazing. Like he's hilarious. Yeah. He's a nice guy who wouldn't want to work with Ernie. Well, there's probably some people that don't, there's probably they some are. firms that like the other show we work with is Mark Homer and Melanie Leonard, GNGF and streamlined legal And they do. They talk about a lot of the same things that Ernie works with. Mm -hmm. But for a firm that might need a marketing agency and someone to help them with their systems, they might gravitate more towards that because that's what Melanie and Mark can help them with. And I'm trying to think, I have at least three branding shows where it's people that help personal brands Mm -hmm. with branding and all the marketing stuff and marketing strategy. And I talk about the same thing on my podcast. And there's plenty of people plenty of listeners out that's there. that's
1: great and i also um, want to ask this and i apologize because i know this is putting you on the spot a little bit but do you also <laughs> offer like the flip side of what we've been talking about so far can you help people who want to get featured on podcasts like thoughtfully and genuinely reach out to hosts mm-hmm. and oh get featured uh, more?
0: you're not putting me on the spot at all okay we generally with our clients I- we advise them on here are steps you can take. This is what a press kit looks like. This is what you should have on your site. Like Mm. I I shared mine with you. So it's got your headshot and your bio, and it's got topics that you can talk about. And it's got questions that the host could ask you and your answer. What is your answer going to be and social proof. And it's got like a mine even has a link to book a time with me if they want to go ahead and schedule something. So we show our clients how to do that. I haven't even mentioned I have a a personal brand where I have a membership site mm-hmm. where people can get in and they can take a, a 10 module course. That is basically <sighs> the same thing that we do for clients. Just you do it yourself that nice. has a flat community That's um, great. For, uh, 50 podcasters that help each other. We do monthly calls, QA calls, but in those types of things, and, and with our clients, we say, okay, here's the press kit. Here are some podcaster communities that you can join where you can pitch other podcasters. You can set up your own profile so that people can pitch you and ask you to be on their show or want to be on your show. Here's how to find podcasters who have bigger audiences than you. Here's how to search for that. Here's how to send them a good p- pitch email. Yeah. So I'm sure you're the same way. I get. Five or six emails a week where they're like, is an expert in this and they would love to be on your show to yep. talk about these five yeah. topics. And then they call me like Steve. And I'm like, who's Steve? <laughs> right. I'm not Steve. So we talk about here's how to do a good pitch and here's how to That's show great. people you actually listened to their show and cared about the topic that they talk about and told them how you could potentially help their audience. And here's a review that you wrote for them and all that sort of So we go through that. We do not do like booking. Because exactly. I'm like, I, I am not a PR agency. I could get into that eventually, but I am so not interested in doing that. Yeah. So I then say, hey, if you want help, like I can recommend Andrew Trueblood. I can recommend Interview Connections. I can send you to Podcast Virtuoso. There's all these agencies that do this for people and take the time to get to know you and take the time to build up a, a network of podcasts that they've sent people to so that they they have more success yeah. in getting people booked on shows but yeah yeah that's okay. something that we, we definitely facilitate it that's um, great and,
1: and I'm and I'm curious too because you have such great brands that you work with and I think that your client base is a really good example of the types of podcasts that I think a lot of business owners should be thinking about what could I do to get on that person's podcast. What advice or tips would you share knowing your clients on what language do you recommend? Do you not recommend that we use when we reach out to one of your clients to bring on to one of our podcasts and doing it in a way that will you know, likely have them say yes, but at least not upset them or just oh, immediate yeah. archive.
0: Um, it really is, in terms of language, just being a, a good person a good human being but it, it really comes down to show that you took some time to understand what their podcast is about and what they're providing to their audience yeah and if you can say i listened to this episode or i heard you talk about this specific thing because i get pitches all the time where they're like i listened to this episode and they just put the title of an episode or they and copy and they paste on. one of the I'm like, talking you points in the, you know in the about? blog yeah, yeah. If you show that you actually took the time and if this means that uh, you have a virtual assistant or or your paralegal or whoever is doing this for you and they can do five of these a month or 10 a month Mm -hmm. great that's better than nothing and sending an email where it's i listened to this i heard you talk about this it seems like you've done three episodes in a row or three episodes over the last few months about this topic danny is an expert in Mm this that is related and I think it would be really wonderful for him to come on your show and talk about this topic and here are some of the questions you could ask Danny and so here good. are the answers that he's going to have so that they can see oh okay this person took the time they understand what we're talking about what our focus is right now and then ooh, that's an interesting topic I could ask that follow-up question yeah let's book something because this makes sense you know they click on the link to your website and it's a website that looks good you know that answers questions for them about who you help and what you're doing and, and what people pay you for and what type of body of work you have. If they go to your site and see, oh, they've done like 100 episodes. Uh, and so let me click on one of their episodes. Oh, it's well-produced too. It sounds good. They sound intelligent. They sound like they can come on my show and answer questions and not uh, waste people's time. That's where yeah. it comes. It's like that whole process of building the relationship. It really always comes back to building a relationship. Yeah, man.
1: So good. I know we have a little bit of time. So I want to ask one more question. Because again, I've learned as a business owner that this is a topic worth thinking about when you're starting a podcast, or if you have a podcast, and maybe it's, it's not getting as much visibility as you'd like. You mentioned that you help people with launching the podcast. Yeah. Can you talk about what that means and how a, a launch is different than just publishing the podcast?
0: Yeah, if we go back and think about how I talked about podcasting as a long-term investment. The average and and some people will gasp when they hear these numbers, but the average podcast gets one hundred and fifty downloads mm-hmm. after about thirty days. If you get two thousand downloads an episode after the first thirty days, you're in the top ten percent of all podcasts. The podcaster that you know we won't name right now, who's been in the news a lot recently, that's getting no. 10 million downloads an episode. He's in the top 1% of the top 1%. Yeah. And he's got a third of the downloads that he had before he went exclusive with Spotify, which is one of the things in the podcast industry. All of us could have told you that what is happening now with Joe Rogan, I'll just name him. Yeah. All of us talked about this a year and a half ago or whenever, when he went exclusive, we were like, this is going to happen now because he's opened himself up to, well, Free speech is free speech until you go exclusive and get paid money by a company to specifically be on their platform, then they have some say over what your content is. And you can't get yeah. mad at they say, Oh, we're not so sure about this anymore. If you're just a podcaster out in the world and you're on every directory, you can, you can say whatever you want. So you're not getting a ton of downloads, but you remember they're spending a lot of time listening. So they're more quality than your thousand views on your YouTube video. The 150 are way more than that however when you just start and you throw it out there like if you don't have an email list if you don't have a social media following if you're starting from zero Mm -hmm. it's gonna seem like crickets for the first four months five six months of your podcast if you've done nothing to build an audience yeah so what we tend to like to do a podcast launch is a very loose thing it's a very flexible thing you actually have to publish an episode To even be able to add your podcasts to a lot of the directories. So there's a chance that people are gonna hear about your show. They're gonna, it's gonna be leaked or whatever. People are gonna hear your show before you want them to hear your show. You just have to get over that. So what we do is we take our clients and we say, okay, what do you have? What's your email list? What do you have on social? What audience do you have already? And then we go to that audience and we say, hey, who would like to be part of a launch team? We're gonna create this podcast. Here's what it means to be on a launch team. We're going to coordinate you so that over a few days, all of you are going to rate and review. You're going to share about this with your communities. Essentially, we're just going to try to increase the rate of listenership right away yeah. when the podcast comes out from nothing a trickle to a, a good bit, whether your launch team is 20 people or 50 people or 100 people. We're going to do that. We then also, like I was talking about, we're helping you borrow audiences. We're going to Create this strategy of what's your press kit going to be and Who are we going to, you know, who should you pitch right away? Yeah. Can you get this stuff out there to start getting on other shows to then say, hey, you know how I talked about that whole borrowing audiences thing in episode 22? And don't quote me. I don't think it's episode 22 of my podcast. Sure. Um, go listen to episode 22 of podcast strategies, my podcast. And you can hear me go more in depth there. So now mm. you're thinking that audience and, and people that were like, oh, I want to listen to that. They're on their phones already. They can go and they search and they find my podcast and they go over there and they start building a relationship. So we're borrowing audiences. And then we also work on some significant content that can be used in social media. Okay. Uh, we, If you've ever heard of Jeff Walker's product launch formula, we follow that approach to essentially, that's like for pitching or having some sort of offer to a program or a product okay. or something like that. We treat the podcast as the product. And we do this content, whether it's live like this or whether it's video or whether it's emails. I've even had some clients recently do three webinars over three weeks and build up this, you know, it's a big rock. It's this big splash yeah, that's cool. noise. And you then drive those people who know you through social media or know you through other things or maybe you get some other friends who have bigger email lists to talk about these things you then can bring those people to the podcast and so we do that type of launch to make sure that there's an audience at the beginning and then you have an audience that you can then grow out say hey audience that i now have if you if you like this if this is helpful for you please tell everyone you know <laughs> about yeah. it please review this podcast because that's how people know that it's worthwhile. I I have clients that have hundreds of reviews after three years. I know podcasters that have 10 reviews after three years, because they don't ever ask people for it. And I'm like, wow, like, you've been podcasting for three years, and only 14 people cared enough to say, Hey, this is a great (laughs) podcast. And this is what they talk about, you got to remind people, Because it's really easy to do, but a lot of people don't think, oh, what's that star thing down there? But it really helps. It helps a lot. And people who
1: aren't in the podcast world don't realize how much it means Mm -hmm. to leave that review. And it's
0: not even about advertisers. It's about if someone finds this podcast, they're likely going to read the description. They maybe are going to check out reviews. And if they get past that point, they'll then like right now on Apple, they'll click the button that says latest episode. So I tell people that's a a tip for any of you that are out there podcasting already. Make sure that all of your episodes now at the beginning, the first minute, have something that tells people what the heck the podcast is and Mm. what do you talk about? What do you do? Because now people are going to miss the trailer episode. That's not prioritized by Apple anymore they're going to click a big purple button that says latest episode. And if you go into some inside joke, some random quote from a guest that doesn't say anything about what you normally talk about. In your so podcast, interesting. Okay. Such
1: mm-hmm. a good tip, Danny. I am so grateful for this conversation. And, and I know that this is something that people are becoming more and more interested in or looking for someone like you to help them for anybody who is wanting support and taking a next step on this, mm-hmm. whether it's, ongoing support for what they already have and probably some cleanup or for you to help them from the beginning with all of the editing and the launch and everything else? What's the best way for people to take a next step with you?
0: The next best step for most people, if you're ready to go, is to head to emeraldcitypro.com. That's our production agency. If you want to schedule a call with me, emeraldcitypro.com slash call, Uh, especially if you already have a podcast or, hey, this is what we want to do. We can hop on a discovery call and really talk about what that means for you. If you're not the type of person who can has a budget for this, but you really want help, I don't like to see any anybody make mistakes. Mm. I don't like to see people. There's a lot of rabbit holes on the internet now. And there's a lot of bad advice. There's a lot of good advice. You can go to um, dannyosmond.com. That is my site. And if you go to dannyosmond.com slash roadmap you will get my checklist that says, do this in the right order. Oh, that's awesome. Um, okay. Here, I'll the, that here too. the equipment to buy. Here's the services to sign up for. Here's the order to do it in <clears throat> so that you don't get it in the wrong order. And okay. Create something that then doesn't show up in places and, and stuff like that. I don't want to see you waste time. And I'd be happy to have anybody listen to my podcast. It's called podcast strategies. Search for my name. Danny Osmond, because again, <laughs> I've changed the title so many times, and there's a million podcasts about podcasting. Um, mm. so if you want to listen to me, it's Podcast Strategies or search my name.
1: Awesome. Well, Danny, thank you so much for your time, everybody. I hope, and it seems like you have found this episode uh, valuable, helpful. I'm excited to to learn more about the podcast that everybody's working on, and I'll see everybody uh, next week live, same time, same place at the Business Growth Advantage. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you soon. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Business Growth Advantage with me, Joey C. Vitale. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see y'all next week.